It's always good to speak at Real Y. Is the sound on and the recording started? It's important because, as you know, I'm famous in Ekatahuna and nowhere else, and we're trying to spread the word. Um, I've done a bit of quick study. Receiving the gifts, I've been involved in many seminars which took over four hours with Bill Srebritsky. Also, um, Rodney Francis, he does a whole full-day seminar on the gifts, and you're going to get that all compacted into 40 minutes. So hang in there, because we're going to go through Scripture after Scripture after Scripture, because it is more important what God says in his word than what I have to say in my interpretation. But if you want to really follow on deep into more deeper things, then I recommend you can get them online, you can borrow them, the, the Holy Spirit Manual by Rodney Francis from the Gospel Faith Messenger Ministry, powerful ministry in New Zealand. Um, the Sabritsky family's done Ministering in the Power of the Holy Spirit. That's a whole uh, manual and video set that you can go through and also receiving the gifts. And um, yesterday, as I was doing some study, I came across a website called Christ Centered More. And this guy I've never heard of before, David Holt Bossart, summarized some of the points that I wanted to bring much more clearly than even I could. So I've, I've borrowed them and given him credit. You know, in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, it says, earnestly seek the best gifts. Earnestly seek the best gifts. So that means that the Lord is telling us, go after these gifts of the Holy Spirit. But before you can even move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you need to be born again, have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're not going to move in the gifts and be able to see people healed and delivered and set free or give someone a word of wisdom if you haven't got the foundations right. That's why last year I brought a series on the elementary principles of Christ in Hebrews 6. Let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith towards God, the doctrine of baptisms, that's baptism by immersion and baptism by the Holy Spirit, of the laying on of hands, which is a doctrine, and resurrection of the dead, the hope that we have in Christ, and eternal judgment. These are things that we need to have a grounding in and understand. Do you know, Jesus moved in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Hebrews it says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed by us who heard him, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Did you know that when Jesus was on earth and he went around healing people and touching people, he wasn't doing it because he was God? Do you know that he gave up being God to come on earth as a human? So where did these miraculous powers come from? They came from the Holy Spirit. Jesus was moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, of course, he kind of knew the Holy Spirit quite well. And 
But for us, we need to seek the Holy Spirit, which is why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important to be immersed in, in his power. And Jesus moved by the power of the Holy Spirit. It just says it there in Hebrews 2, 3 to 4. Now, I believe that the deeper things for Christians to learn is to receive and minister in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? You know, there's three categories of, of gifts that I can see in, in the Bible. There's gifts that the Father gives, God the Father. You find those in Romans 12, 6 and 8. They're called the motivational gifts. Our brother Aubrey is going to be sharing on that next Sunday. How's that for timing? Then there are the gifts that Jesus gives. The gifts of the Son. In Ephesians 4 and 11, they're called ministry gifts. Some he gave as apostles, some he gave as preachers, some he gave as pastors, some he gave as teachers. They were gifts to the body from Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then there were the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself gives us special gifts, and they're supernatural gifts. They're sometimes called the manifestation gifts. So what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Where does it come from? Well, let's have a look at, in the Amplified Version, if I can expand this, uh, these notes up. You can be reading them while I'm playing around here with my laptop, my tablet. Blow that. This is what I've got the notes, eh? Okay. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit manifests through us if we're moving in these gifts that he gives us and that we, we can seek. And that is the evidence, the spiritual illumination of the Spirit for good and for profit. No one is given in and through the Holy Spirit. The, the, oh, sorry, to one is given and through the Holy Spirit the power to speak a message of wisdom. What's that? And to another, the power to express a word of knowledge. What's that? And understanding, according to the same Holy Spirit. To another, wonder-working faith. Now, that's just not general garden, average faith. It's wonder-working faith. Faith that sees miracles occur. Extraordinary powers of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles to another prophetic insight, that's a gift of prophecy, and a gift of prophecy came through this morning um, from Mrs. Mrs. Holt, that's a gift of prophecy, that's a word that encourages or exhorts or comforts, that's a supernatural gift, she didn't write that down last night and, and, and just read it, the Holy Spirit gave that to her. The gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose to another, the ability to discern and distinguish between the utterances of true spirits and false ones. I move in the deliverance ministry, as you know, and I am absolutely hanging on the Lord for when the person is talking to me and telling me some strange story, is it just of themselves? Is God telling me something? Or is Satan telling lies through this person 
The gift of discerning of spirits is to discern which is which. And then it goes further, and the Holy Spirit will actually tell you who the spirit is or the demon. And by the way, for those that don't know, demons can only dwell in bodies. Bodies of humans or bodies of animals. And I make this point because there is some strange teaching around that uh, demons float around the sky and affection, whatever you know, they don't. The fallen angels are demonic powers and authorities that are in the heavenlies. And they affect towns and cities and families. Demons are little squiggly, dirty little things that dwell in our bodies if there's an entry point. They dwell in our mind or they dwell in our uh, flesh, but they can't dwell in our spirit if we are born again of the Spirit of God because the Holy Spirit is there. We can't be possessed by them. And the Bible says to cast them out. So we distinguish between the false spirits and to another various kinds of unknown tongues, to another the ability to interpret such tongues. All these um, achievements and abilities are inspired and brought to you, brought to pass by one and the same Holy Spirit who apportions to each person individually exactly as he chooses. Now let's just look a little bit more closely at what we're talking about. I use the um, Amplified Version because it, it, it stretches out the understanding of what the gifts are. But to be very quick, the nine gifts are the knowledge gifts, to know things. That's discernment of spirits, gift of knowledge, and a gift of wisdom. Then there are the spoken gifts, prophecy, tongues, interpretation. Then there are, there are the doing gifts, healings, miracles, and faith. Those are the nine gifts that the Holy Spirit offers to us if we want to move with the Lord and do things that the Lord wants to do things, to help other people. And there are many other gifts that the Lord gives, and Aubrey will be covering some of, some of that Uh, next week I'm not touching those I'm only touching the gifts of the Holy Spirit the supernatural gifts I always go after a bit of flash and jazz and what have you but there are other gifts And and, and people are gifts there are many people in this church who are gifts to the body Jesus has given you there are those with who are pastors the ability to pastor there are teachers there are Prophets, those who have the gift of uh, prophecy. And those are different gifts. Those are gifts from Jesus. Now let's have a look at it. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us power. Why do we need power? Why can't we just sit in church and get bored to death with a boring sermon and go home and have a roast dinner? The reason is, is that Jesus wants us to get up off our backsides and help other people, witness to other people, bring healing to those that are sick, set the captives free. In Acts 1.8 it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now we were taught about that just a few weeks ago by Gavin, that the Holy Spirit came and just 
dropped on the, the disciples that were waiting for him and the baptism of the Spirit flowed. The power flowed into them and they had power. What was that power for? To just light off fireworks? Or to be able to speak louder? What was the power for? <coughs> Primarily, it was to be witnesses. How do we witness? Do we just witness by telling someone about Jesus? That's one way of witnessing, isn't it? What about if we laid hands on someone who had a real crook elbow and they were healed and, and we prayed in the name of Jesus? Is that a witness? It sure is. And with great power, this is what happened when that power came, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, so they were preaching, and great grace was upon them all. And grace means power, means the ability to um, pass on. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, says Paul, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and around and about I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And in my speech and my preaching, it was not with persuasive words of, of, of human wisdom. You know, there are some churches who have pastors uh, who give brilliant, brilliant intellectual sermons. And you can't fault them. But there was no power. Nobody gets saved hardly. Certainly nobody gets healed and nobody gets delivered. And Paul says, but my speech was not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Now, before I describe the gifts of the Holy Spirit, those nine gifts more fully so that you understand what they are, it is vital that we understand the difference between the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They need to be clearly understood. And in uh, Galatians it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, not the gifts, the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life, the evidence of Jesus Christ in your life, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against there is, su su there is no such law. You can operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the Lord nevertheless may not be very pleased with you. But if you've got the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life, the Lord is very pleased with you. Can I give you an example? Alex. Long-suffering. She lives with this. <laughs> Alex, I don't know if Alex moves in any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I, I haven't asked that, but I have seen joy and peace, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness in Alex. Does the Lord like those characteristics? He does. Now, I, w- I move in word and knowledge and deliverance and miracles, healings, but I can be a right pain in the neck at times. Stop laughing, Janet. <laughs> and the Lord doesn't say, hey, he's moving in the gifts, he's a lot more important than Alex's. No. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is much, much more important. So let's just clear that first of all. Now, just because God blesses you with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, or blesses me, it does not necessarily mean that he approves of our lifestyle or all areas of our life. God will use whatever vessel is available to him. Therefore, there can be no pride simply because God has chosen you as a vessel. Just because you can move in prophecy and give prophetic things, you can get all proud about that and be forever giving prophecies and what have you. Now I'm going to explain, first of all, carefully the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So listen carefully, because the Lord wants to give you these gifts. The Bible says, earnestly seek the best gifts. So as I'm teaching today, I want you to be asking the Lord, Lord, what gift have you already given me that I'm not moving in? Or Lord, what gifts do you want to give me? I want you to be asking that because the Holy Spirit is present here. The Holy Spirit is here ready to give out gifts. Word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is an impression on our mind or the direct audible voice of the Holy Spirit or a thought or a vision about how to deal with the situation. How to deal with the situation. Not about a situation, like a word of knowledge. It's how to deal with a situation. For example, King Solomon. Two babies in the bed, one lady rolls over and kills it, and so they bring the live baby to Solomon and, and say, well, you know, they're arguing about which, whose baby it was. Solomon gets a word of wisdom, not knowledge. He didn't get a word of knowledge, which, which would be who had rolled over the baby and killed it. He got a word of wisdom. Hey, well, let's just get a knife and chop the baby in half and you can both have half each. And the real mother just burst into tears. Oh, no, no, no. She can have him. So Solomon immediately knew whose whose baby it was. That was a word of wisdom. The woman caught in adultery. The Lord didn't use a word of knowledge about that particular situation. Instead, he used a word of wisdom. He doodled in the sand, which was just just taking time while he was waiting for the word of wisdom to come. And the word of wisdom came, and he spoke, Who amongst you hasn't sinned? Let him throw the first stone. Nobody could throw the stone, could they? See, that was a word of wisdom. Brilliant, brilliant word of wisdom. You know, according to uh, David Boshart, who has a very interesting website, as I said, called Christcenter.more. There are three types of wisdom. The wisdom of God, the wisdom of the world, 
the wisdom of man. Now, most of us live in a world where our knowledge is coming from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that is, of our own mind, of our own understanding, or of the world's understanding. Half the time we don't say, Lord, what should I do here? And it is remarkable when you do that. I know a man who was trying to fix a radio in a car in Turangi, and he couldn't fix the darn thing. He tried everything. He'd got all the wires right. He'd checked the manual and what have you. He remembered what my mentor Roy Waldron had said. Well, why didn't you ask the Lord? Word of wisdom. So he asked the Lord. The Lord said, reach behind and fiddle with the second knob. He reached behind, fiddled with the second knob, and the radio went just like that. Word of wisdom for and thing. We've got the church folk coming up. Do we argue about it? You know, should we sell this? Should we do this? What have you? What does the Lord want us to do? That's, that's all that matters. Word of wisdom. Words of wisdom. They're great. I lack those, but I'm trying. The gift of the word of wisdom is the application of knowledge that God gives you. This type of wisdom is a gift which cannot be gained through the study of, or experience and should by no means try to replace them, the gift of the word of wisdom is seeking life from God's perspective. As a Christian exercises this gift, he will begin to develop a fear of the Lord. That means a respect of the Lord. And this is the beginning of wisdom, according to Proverbs. When we begin to fear the Lord, that means we don't, don't, don't want to do things that will, would be wrong. When we begin to have a healthy fear of the Lord, Wisdom comes. Here's a word of wisdom in my own life. I had a traumatic uh, experience in my life and I was um, desperate to have the right kind of fellowship. So I said, Lord, which church should I go to where there'll be men that will come ar around me and support me and that I can be answerable to? And immediately I got the impression of a little church down in Onihunga where I had been to a few weeks earlier to hear David Silver talking about Israel. It's the only reason why I went to that church. didn't even know it existed. That's the impression that came into my mind. So that Sunday, my, little, my youngest son, I was a solo dad with him for a while, <coughs> we went into that church and there I came across a pastor who just opened up the word in the most tremendous exegesis, was filled with the Spirit of God. The church was full of love. And my son went up to the Bible class there, which was led by um, a uh, weightlifter, strong man, and he came down and said, Dad, this is where we should be. Word of wisdom. I mean, I could have gone to hundreds of churches, but I wanted to be in the right church. And I, I was there until I came up here. <coughs> Praise the Lord for words of wisdom. Word of knowledge. This also is an impression that you get, just a thought, an impression. Or it's the audible voice of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you'll hear it. Or you'll get a vision about a situation. The woman at the well. Jesus said, word of knowledge. You rightly say you have many, many husbands. And the man you're with you is not your husband. 
It was so accurate, that word of knowledge, that that woman zapped back into the village and says, here's somebody that knows all about me. And the whole village got saved. If you read it, that's how powerful a word of knowledge is. Peter dealing with Ananias and Sapphira when they brought their money in. Word of knowledge. You haven't brought all the money in from the sale of that land. You're lying to us. Bang, bang. They both die. Word of knowledge is very powerful. John Wimber, who was the leader of the Vineyard Fellowship in the, in the States, he's, he's gone to be with the Lord now, but he moved powerfully in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he says this, this is the supernatural revelation of fact about a person or a situation which is not learned through the efforts of the natural mind, but is a fragment of knowledge, freely given by God, disclosing the truth which the Spirit wishes to make known concerning a particular person or situation. Now John Wimber not only can make great statements like that explaining what the word of knowledge is, but he demonstrated it like this. He was at an airport after a big crusade, a big campaign. And he was sitting there tired, waiting to get on the plane. And he heard the Lord say, I want you to witness to that girl across the, across the corridor. And, the Lord, and Wimber said, Lord, give us a break. I've just been preaching and, and teaching for three days solid. Can't you get somebody else? I mean, some of us talk to the Lord like that. It's a bit rude, I suppose. But the Lord can handle it. And then, because the Lord didn't answer him, he said, well, Lord, if you bring her across to sit beside me, I'll say something. In which case, she got up, walked around a little bit, and then came and sat right beside him. He said, oh, gee, but that's not fair. So, Lord, Lord, you know that there's a scale to lead someone to the Lord from naught to ten. Naught is they're dead cold, don't want to know anything, but you begin to witness to them. Around about four or five on the scale, we're getting a bit warmer because you shared your testimony, and around about eight, nine or ten, they're getting really interested, their faith is built up, and they're just about ready to give, give their decision to the Lord. It, it, I don't know where it came from, but it's called an evangelistic scale. And John Wimber says to the Lord, Lord, is there any chance that you could take me from zero to eight straight away? And the Lord did. The Lord said to him, tell the lady that the man she's waiting for is not going to turn up and he's no good for, in, for you anyway, but that I love you and I want you to come back to me. <clears throat> so John Wimber said, look, excuse me, lady. Um, I'm a pastor, I'm a minister, and the Lord just gave me a word for you and told her that word. She just broke down in tears, sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And then he led her through to the Lord. <coughs> Word of knowledge. Useful, eh? Saves a lot of mucking around. Jan and I spoke at Ararua uh, last Sunday. And we had a really blessed time there. Very expectant church. They ex kind of expect things to happen. And so you're sh sure hoping that they will. So I was in the prayer meeting and I said, Lord... Would you give me a word of knowledge? And I waited, but towards the end of the meeting, I got a word, Al Alzheimer's. And then I was sitting in the service, and they were, they were worshipping the Lord, and I said, Lord, is there any chance you could give me another word of knowledge? 
and this thought came into my mind, just a thought, vague as can be, like out there, broken back. And I even said, well, Lord, how can that person have a broken back? They couldn't walk. But that's what I got. And when I brought those two words at the end of the service, a man came out and said, oh, there was an accident down the road and the police asked me this and, and I gave all the wrong details about the person. I just got it wrong. So I've been thinking to myself, am I getting Alzheimer's? I'm not thinking straight. And we were able to pray for him and reassure him and, we, and the anointing came on him. Another man came out and said, <clears throat> well, I'm the man with a broken back. What are the chances of a guy with a broken back being in a meeting of about 40 people? And he had a rod up his spine. And he said, I am in terrible pain because I was run over and I've been in pain for a long time. So Jan and I, and I think Ether were there, there, we prayed for him and we commanded that pain to go and we got him to forgive the person that had run him over. And you could see the light come back to his eyes as he moved to the left and he moved to the right and the pain wasn't there. We saw him later in the supper sitting down and getting up, which he couldn't do before. The Lord healed him. Word of knowledge. Nothing to do with me. All to do with the Holy Spirit of God. Discerning of spirits. Before I move on, I did get a word of knowledge for the meeting today and I got it two days ago in a dream. I dreamt that I was speaking and I dreamt that I got a word of knowledge. So I'm just testing it out. And that I believe, if, if it is right, that there is someone here who has a fear of death. A fear of death. You've been thinking about it and you're just concerned what's going to happen when I die. You may have a fear of death. Now, if that's you... Just come up to me at the end of the meeting and I'll pray for you. We can break that thing off you. That's a fear. That's a spirit that can be broken. Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is a thought or a vision or an audible voice from the Holy Spirit given by God which reveals the spiritual forces that can be affecting a person or even ourselves. These forces are revealed in order that they can be dealt with through, peer, through prayer. As you know, Paul was zapping along <coughs> and a girl was following him, calling out. And uh, Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, not the girl, said to the, the spirit who was in the girl, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. That was a spirit called python, spirit of python that crushes you. And he, passed that. I'm not going to sp speak too much about deliverance because we've touched on it before and I'm going to bring a whole message on deliverance. But the discerning of spirits tells you what is there. It's very, very important. Discerning of spirits is the supernatural ability given by the Holy Spirit to perceive the source of a spiritual manifestation and determine whether it is of God, of the devil, or of man, or of the world. It is not mind-reading, psychic phenomena, or the ability to criticise and find fault. Jan has a tremendous testimony of being set free from a spirit of torment that has been with her most of her life. 
but we're going to leave that to another day when she shares about it. But she was just recently set free from a spirit of torment. <coughs> Next, we're going to move into the power gifts. Gift of faith. The gift of faith comes about as shown in Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you're in a situation and, you, and, and you're worried about something and you, and you ask the Lord and you hear him speak, it will happen. Faith comes from hearing, hearing him, and as you believe that you are hearing him, it will happen. As we implicitly believe the word of God, read it and trust it absolutely, then God is able to implant this gift in our hearts. As we believe that God is in small things, he can then extend our faith into the larger things. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. The gift of faith is the supernatural ability to believe God without doubt. Combat unbelief and visualize what God wants to accomplish. It is not only an inner conviction, empowered by an urgent and higher calling, but it's also a supernatural ability to meet adverse circumstances with trust in God's word and messages. The gift of faith is an incredible gift, but it's a supernatural gift. It's just not the faith that we have because we've come to have faith in God, and that's a gift too. Faith towards salvation is a gift. But the faith towards a desperate situation, you're going into a meeting and you know that you're going to be in a lot of trouble at that meeting, and you say, Lord, I need help. Will you help me? I'm going to wins and uh, there are things wrong, and I could get into a lot of trouble. And when you pray, and the Lord says, it will be all right. If you hear him say that, boy, you could walk into that meeting and sit there, and you'll see it all just unravel, and you'll be, you'll be okay. You'll come through. That's a gift of faith. It's supernatural. It happens for certain events. One another power gift is the gift of healing. The gift of healing refers to supernatural healing without human aid. It is a special gift to pray for specific diseases and sicknesses. Now we know that we can get healing through doctors and through medicine, but many people with certain um, conditions and what have you are healed instantly or over, over a period of time because they've been prayed for, they've had a word of knowledge and they've believed in that healing and they get healed. That's a gift of healing. According to the Bible, the gifts of healing belong to all believers. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. By who himself bore our sins. This is Jesus, Isaiah talks about. In his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, 
by whose stripes you were healed. Now, healing is a very controversial topic because some people have gone forward to meetings and they haven't been healed. One of the reasons for that is they haven't dealt with the cause of the sickness. And sometimes that can be unbelief. Sometimes it can be unconfessed sin. Sometimes it can be a curse coming down a family line. And it's not revealed because they haven't waited on that Lord for that word of knowledge. I've prayed for a lady who was instantly, miraculously healed of cancer. I've prayed for other people who haven't been healed of cancer. And I don't know why. But God knows why. There will be a reason. And we don't know. We won't know until we get to heaven. I believe in, in some cases the Lord even takes a person through their sickness and takes them to be with him. So we can't be black and white about healing. But we can be excited about healing and we can reach out for healing. John Wimber really wanted to move in the gift of healing. And so for six months in his, at his church he preached about healing and how important it was. And people came out and he prayed for them. No one got healed in six months. He was getting a bit uptight about it actually. But you know on that seventh month as he went down there someone with some terrible disease got instantly healed and then someone else, and then someone else. Because persistence. He persisted in believing that God heals today. And now whoever he, not now, because he's in, he he's in heaven. But after that, whoever he prayed for was healed. He had a tremendous healing gift. But it took a long time to come. So it's worth persisting for. Miracles. It's another gift. Miracles are instant deliverance or healing as compared with healings which uh, are affected over a long, longer period, sometimes minutes, sometimes hours, sometimes days. Uh, an, an example of instantaneous healing in the New Testament uh, is Matthew 9, 7, the healing of the paralytic man. The Lord said, rise up and walk. Just like that, bang. And another time he prayed for someone with eyesight and the person couldn't see straight away. They saw people moving like trees waving. And then the healing came and he could see. That's the difference between a miracle and a healing. <coughs> the gift of miracles operates closely with the power gifts of faith and healing to bring authority over Satan, sickness, sin and the binding forces of this age. If I was in a car and I saw another car about to hit me, I can assure you I'd be calling out to Jesus for a miracle. And I would say, Jesus, save me. And I believe he would. And many people have had instances where they were about to have a head on and they cried out, Jesus save me. And they don't know where, what happened to that car that was about to hit them because they saw it in the rear vision mirror. But how did it get from there to there? Miracle. Our God is a God of miracles. Now the last three gifts, we're doing well are sometimes called the inspirational or spoken gifts. There's a gift of prophecy, and we talked about that the other Sunday. Normally an impression or a thought or a vision that you're sitting in the audience, and Alex gave us opportunity to bring forth those words, and Bronwyn did. But in fact, there may have been two or three others here that had a couple of sentences. I'm wanting to put my arms around you. Just a sentence like that. If you st stand up and speak it out, 
I believe the Lord is saying, I'm wanting to put my arms around you. As you say that, another whole thought will come. I want to encompass you and I want to build you up because I'm here and I love you. And you'll be surprised yourself. Where did that come from? It comes because you stepped out in faith and gave a word of prophecy. Now in the New Testament church, they would meet together and there would several people, or at least three, would bring a word of prophecy. At least three would bring a word in tongues and three people would interpret it. And we've kind of lost that over the years. We've lost the supernatural. Diverse tongues is the most misunderstood and dynamic gift. It is not your prayer language. It is a supernatural or utterance or language not known to the speaker. These languages may be existent in the world, revived from some past culture, or unknown in the sense that they were a means of communication inspired by the Holy Spirit. I remember Bill Sabritsky stopping in the, in the middle of a sermon and, and giving out a, a tongues message. Someone then interpreted that in, in English. So at the end of the meeting, someone came up to me and, by, by the way, said, have you been in, in Zimbabwe? No, Bill said. You spoke in pure um, Zimbabwe dialect and I knew everything that you were saying. Well, Bill didn't know. <coughs> the person giving the interpretation didn't know because these are supernatural. Interpretation of tongues. It's a gift of the Spirit whereby interpretation, not a translation, of a message in tongue is given. Should be a maximum of three such messages in a meeting together. We need to sense the anointing and then make, it, make a step of faith. So how do we receive these gifts of the Holy Spirit? How do we get them? How do you get the word of knowledge? How do you, how do you get the word of wisdom? Where does it come from? Can you read about it? Read and read and read and read till the cows come home? No. It doesn't come that way. The gifts of the Holy Spirit can be received by the laying on of hands. Look at the scripture. 2 Timothy 1.6 Therefore I remind you, Paul says to Timothy, 
to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Or it can be received by the sovereign act of the Holy Spirit. This means that the person wishing to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit must believe that he or she will receive them and when prayed for and acts in faith and exercise them. No one ever laid hands on me to receive the word of knowledge or discerning of gifts, uh, discerning of spirits, um, but I asked for them. I was sitting, I remember sitting in a meeting in Taupo and saying, Lord, I really want the discerning of spirits gift. Not to go around casting out demons, that, that, that comes anyway. I want to know when someone speaks in church, is that of you? Or is that of their own flesh? Or is that of Satan? I just want to know, Lord. I just don't want to be a dummy. I want to know. And I hear many people speak, including a speaker that spoke here recently that gave some tremendous truths, but also spoke some, a few things that were not, not right. They weren't scripturally based. But it was a f I believe it was of the flesh, of the things that the person believed. And we've talked about it with him since. And that's been edited out of the tape. <laughs> now it's a gift, discerning a spirit. But how did it get, get it? I asked for it. I said, Lord, I want to know. I want that gift. And, and while you're there, Lord, word of knowledge would be really helpful too because that would help me understand things as I'm going along. And, and as you begin to move in the gifts and practice in the gifts, the Lord gives you more. Remember the parable about the talents? The Lord gives to those who have already received because he can give to a willing heart. Now, we're coming up to time frame, so we're not going to move into ministry. What we are going to move into is I'm going to ask you all to stand and bow your heads and ask the Lord for, the, for a gift from the Holy Spirit or gifts, plural. Be greedy if, you, if you're allowed to. And say, Lord, give me a gift of knowledge. Give me a word of wisdom. So let's just stand right now and I'm going to pray a general prayer and then you're just going to ask the Lord and see what he says to you. When the time comes and you feel that the Lord really gave something to you, come to the Wednesday prayer meeting and ask the guys that are there that are interceding for this church to lay hands on you and impart that gift. So you can receive that gift sovereignly or you can receive it from the laying on of hands. So as we cut off the message now,